you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This idea that what's really changed over the last year for me is that black is now green. When you look at black media companies, we're growing like tech companies. If you look at black advertising agencies, we're growing like tech companies. The only idea you need is the biggest black X, the biggest black owned media company, the biggest black owned food channel, the biggest like black for the first time is money. It, it, it's driving significant ROI. I'm Will Lucas, Mrs. Black Tech, Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. So the end of last year brought a new initiative for Afrotech, our new conference focused on C-suite executives, founders, venture capitalists, and more. It's called Afrotech Executive, and so far, we've touched down in Los Angeles, Miami, and just this past week, Brooklyn, New York. Many, if not all, of the conversations we bring to the stage in this intimate room are the definition of for us, by us. These are the conversations we can't always have in the mainstream. These are the amongst family conversations, you know what I mean? We're set to bring Afrotech Executive to a few more destinations in 2022 alone, and I want to give you a bit of a peek into what it's like to be in the room. There will be more episodes to come that give you a taste of Afrotech Executive, like a conversation with the co-founder of one of the biggest sites on the planet, Steve Huffman from Reddit, conversations with the first black woman CEO of a Fortune 500 company, Ursula Burns, and one we'll share here today. For this episode, we'll dive into a conversation with present-day media moguls. On the stage is Ahmed Islam, CEO at 1035, a full-service advertising company that leans into culture. Michelle G, CEO at Ebony Jet, 
Rasan Rasan Lindsay, who's CEO at Media Co., and Dottavio Samuels, who's CEO at Revolt, which was founded by Diddy. These powerhouses discuss the future of black media. Well, good morning, good morning. Um, I'm Ahmed Islam, CEO of 1035. My team and I spend most of our days figuring out how to transform brands through culture. Happy to be here. Um, to really kick off this conversation around these evolving topics around black media and advertising. Um, blessed to be on stage with a group of giants this morning, um, starting yeah, with Michelle G, CEO of Ebony Jet. Super happy, super excited to hear what Michelle's gonna talk about. As a kid, I spent a ton of time in Chicago, long history of just watching that platform grow. So excited to see what Michelle's gonna do here. These folks may not even know what they don't even we know. Teach we you gotta tell, you gotta let them know. <laughs> Next up, my man, Dottavio Samuels, yeah, CEO yeah. Of, of Revolt. Yeah. Having an amazing year, just really kind of changing the culture, changing the game in black media. Last but not least, my brother, Rashawn Lindsay, yes, sir. CEO yeah. of Media Co. Also, uh, head of advertising and sales for TV One. So, one, we got a very short time. We could probably spend a couple hours talking about this topic, but we got 30 minutes, so we're gonna get into it. Um, my first question is really, in the world that we're in right now, right, there are a lot of brands that are just doing everything they can, or at least saying they're doing everything they can to connect with black consumers. You know, what are some of the biggest challenges that brands looking to connect with black consumers um, are facing right now? So, I think, I can't, first of all, can you guys hear me? Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Y'all all from Oakland, right? Okay, sorry, let me, my boss is here eating bridges, so let me act right. First of all, Morgan, thank you for having us. Thank yes, you for yes. bringing this theme class yes. together. Um, these are my homeboys. We first met for the first time, but I feel like I know Ahmad. You know, I'm just gonna make it very simple. Uh, I try and tell the truth, right? Brands have great intention. We see it, they were kind of forced to because of the moment we're in. If you can't be black and successful right now, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> And then what happens is they have good intentions, but they're a little fearful. So the first thing is fear. So brands can't be fearful. Like, there's nothing to fear, right? You know you need to speak to this consumer. This consumer is on their phone. They're buying products. They're talking, share. Like, it's the perfect group of folk to talk to. And then you have good, then you register a budget, and then you send it to your agency. That does not look like us at all. They're 20 years old. They have no respect for the culture. They don't return our calls. They, they, they put us through a thing. So I'm like, even if I see an agency that was pushed to it, I'm not getting on the phone because it's not worth my time because I'm a CEO, right? And so I call the client and say, listen, we're not going to play these games. And it is games. And so clients need to know that your agencies are not working on your behalf when your backs are turned. And so if you want to get real and get honest and do a good service to reach this consumer, Hire some black people. Make sure your agencies are representing the people that you want to communicate with. Y'all do that? We good. <laughs> yeah, I'll just pop in really quickly on that one. I think, you know, two thoughts. Um, one, in this day and age, like what we tell brands all the time is revolutionary times require revolutionary thinking. Yeah. And so one of the biggest challenges that you have with a lot of these brands is they're not ready to do revolutionary thinking. They're stuck in convention, they're stuck in the old model. They want to transact with us in the same way that they want that they transact with Google and Facebook. And so it's about tonnage and it's about scale. When you're dealing with our audience, it's really about influence and cultural movement. Yeah. So getting brands to understand that and like let's measure things differently. Yes, you're going to get 
billions of impressions. Let's get those billions of impressions through the amazing stories and I stories we tell and ideas that we create together. Let's get the earned media impressions, the talent, the everything doesn't have to be delivered from my specific ecosystem. So let's think about how we measure our impact. The second piece of, of measurement for me is, in this day and age, it's not just about you getting your impressions delivered. How many black creatives did we elevate? How many black entrepreneurs did we amplify? We need to make sure that we're measuring not just the impression game, but all of the other ways that we can create change. And then the last thing that I'll say, um, from my perspective, you still have a lot of brands who I think are just trying to check a box. And so for them, I'm always saying like the issue is that you have KPIs powering dreams instead of dreams powering KPIs. Yeah. And so what brands have to start to do is dream about what they can do with this culture, dream what they can do with this community, and then build KPIs that match that, not just uh, getting stuck again like on just trying to check a box. Yeah, facts. Uh, I would say it's a couple things. Can you, can you hear me? Okay. Um, well. <laughs> Uh, first of all, the scale issue is, is big because the, the truth is they created the problem, right? By not investing in our businesses, they don't exist, so we haven't been able to scale. Then they'll, they'll pile on and say a company has to be, say, 51% owned. But then if that's true, then you can't take on capital because a lot of times you need to give up equity to get the capital you need. So then that keeps you small, and they won't, ex won't uh, accept any responsibility for creating that. And I'm not talking about just in a year. I'm talking about over decades and decades, right? Yep. And then the other thing I would say is that um, quite often when they look at their brands, they're always looking from a brand-centric perspective. And so from a, a you know, general market perspective, whatever the, the key selling proposition might be one thing, but within the black community is something different, right? So I was actually met with a client yesterday, um, Black Girl Sunscreen, and it was something really simple, like hers doesn't leave white residue. When we put on that lotion sunscreen, like it doesn't Sometimes my whole face is gray if you take a picture of me, right? Um, which is why I get the oily one and spray that joint on because, I mean, I use sunscreen. I don't care. I need it despite my complexion. Um, but that, the, the Neutrogena and stuff like that doesn't work for me. And so if you, if you look at your product or your service and actually willing to figure out, well, what is it that would actually make it make sense to black people, to other people of color, it might not be the thing that you typically would, would message. And so you have to be willing to have that conversation, which means you need to hire people like Ahmad and actually let them tell you what they think makes sense for the audience that you're trying to reach, not how do you fit the message that we've already created to this audience. It's not the same thing. So, yes. no. so, so Dottavio, quick question. You know, we talked about, I think there's, there's a lot of activity, right? There are a lot of brands that are at least expressing their intent of doing what's right when it comes to black culture. I mean, what brands do you think are doing it right right now? And secondly, what advice would you give brands that are just trying to figure it out and actually get started doing something? Yeah, I think for brands who are, I'm gonna start with the back and then go, um, and go backwards. For brands who are trying to get into this game, I'm gonna go to, I think it was either Michelle or Rashawn who just said, hire experts. So I talk a lot about like Disney and, and Black Panther, right? Disney had never made a black superhero movie in the way that they needed to make Black Panther. One way they could have done it is just hire a white creative director or the white producer and a white production crew and do it in the way that they had always done it. Instead, they hire Ryan Coogler, yeah. one expert, and Ryan brings the whole family with them. Now, now we're putting on black people we black people didn't even know, you know what I mean? So the idea is you have to have experts in the room who can help you pave the way. You can't assume that you've been doing it incorrectly for 100 years, and then all of a sudden, the same people in the building are going to know how to move in the way that you need to move in this moment in time. As it relates to brands who 
uh, I think are doing amazing. Look, I'm just going to shout out the people who are doing amazing for us because uh, that's what real partnership looks like. Uh, I'll shout out to State Farm. State Farm came in as a big partner on Revolt Black News a year ago. Before all these brands started making commitments, before all these brands started doing, State Farm was already there. I give them love for that. In addition, they've given us money um, that's going to help us. In this moment, we just hired a new black woman executive to run Revolt Black News. The whole business is about to change. That only happens because a brand like State Farm comes in, guarantees you money for a couple of years, you can invest and build. Watch what Revolt Black News and this black woman does. State Farm is going to get that credit or credit from a brand perspective when it's all said and done. Uh, Target, we're doing really, 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 really amazing work with Target. They are one of the brands who are absolutely trying to impact the culture. They are trying not to just do sponsorship stuff, but what can we do to really move the needle for our people? Um, so shout and Target out. And then the last one that I'll say is Verizon. Um, same thing, we have big dreams and, 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 and Verizon is one of those places where we got to come in and tell them what our dreams were. And they're gonna come in and say for many years and millions of dollars, we're gonna support you. And so calling out the brands who are showing up in a really big way, not just financially, but in true partnership. Oh, last one, McDonald's. McDonald's came out and made a big announcement. We talked a lot about accountability. They talked about the money that they were pledging, the, the multicultural group that they were creating. They've done all of it. Where so many brands have not moved on any of those commitments, McDonald's is, we've already started our multicultural communities. We've already started our conversations around what the money looks like. And so again, I'll shout McDonald's out for doing, with the heart of doing really good work in this community. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. 
The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Yeah, yeah absolutely. To, I know there are brands out there like, dang, I wish they would call my name. <laughs> Next year we can, okay? Like the uh, come like on, the let's go. Uh, you know, I, I want to give a shout out to P&G because I believe that they are truly doing the work. And so when I got announced that I was beginning, I'm in the CEO. And if y'all don't know, on February 27, 2020, I was fired from a company who just did not respect culture, had me check my culture at the door when I walked in every day. I know all of y'all have experienced that at some point, and y'all ain't old enough. Um, <laughs> then I caught COVID 10 days later, so me and God had a journey. And then Eden Bridgman on February, on July 26 to 7, text me, right? Never met her, Black Girl Magic. Yo, I, we're working on something. So the whole point is that as soon as I was announced, January 19th, Divine Order, John Johnson's birthday, my announcement comes out. I did not know that, nice. right? Divine Order, we're on a path. Mark Pritchard calls me. Michelle, I'm so happy for you. How can I be an institutional investor, not counting impressions, not expect anything, because I know you're in a growth mode. How can we help you build, right? He said, because Ebony is really the black time. You have chronicled history since 1945. You were the first. You will be the last. We want you to be this thing. That's what brands have to do, right? And we're worth every penny of that because what we're doing for the community, how we're connecting, how we're selling people's products and services. And so I give them a big shout out. I appreciate Mark reaching out to me and, and, and asking me the question, how can we help you that we're not measuring, right? And I, I respect that from a brand. Absolutely. I have to second the P&G. They've actually done a really good job. and haven't been as uh, focused on pricing as they typically would be, and also have been willing to take risks, because the truth is, if you deal with, you want to actually talk about culture, you're going to talk about some things that might be controversial, uh, you know, a white institution might not necessarily want to deal with, and they've been willing to do that. I'll call out one that's not as well known, and that's Athleta, and what they did with Allison Felix, most of you know what happened with her and Nike, yeah. how disrespectful they were, the 70% pay cut when she got pregnant, all of that stuff. Not only did Athleta take her on, and she's the first um, professional athlete that they've done an endorsement with, but then they helped her launch her own shoe, right? Yeah. So that's investment in her as an athlete. Obviously, it can pay dividends for them as a company. If you look at what Brand Jordan has done for Nike, you know that he's done a lot more for them than they've ever done for him. But at the end of the day, that to me is, is true investment, it's allyship. They're, they're speaking to women, they're speaking specifically to black women. You can see how disrespected black women have been and almost always seem to be, no matter what level they get to. Just think about how the Williams sisters are treated. Despite everything um, Serena's clearly done to prove that she's the greatest American athlete of all time, they still disrespect her because she does something that a white guy would do and it's, you know, it's big news. And so I really respect Athleta doing that. I think they, they took a big chance on it. They didn't know if she was going to make the Olympics because I would say, you know, a couple years ago, it didn't look like she would. Um, you know, two, and it's two years later, right? It ended up happening in 2020. So um, I very much respect, you know, that alignment. 
So I think we've talked about culture a little bit. And something I firmly believe is that really black cultural influence is one of the biggest exports of this country, right? Literally one of the biggest exports of this country. And I think my question is, as we think about the evolution and the future of black cultural influence, what does the future of collaboration between black media platforms and black influencers and black creators look like? I'll start with uh, Dutavia. Yeah, so Revolt, we fully see ourselves as a platform for creatives. I don't think we ever want to see ourselves as the thing. We are the operating system for the thing. What we're trying to do is build the best mousetrap for creators to move in. Those who want to create short form content, long form content, studio business experiences, we're building a, the most immersive world of the culture possible and then bringing in black creators to let them play. And so the way that we see it at Revolt is, um, even right now when we have conversations with brands, we're always trying to figure out who are the creators that we can bring along the way that again can benefit economically from all of the things that we're doing together. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, I would say, so most of you probably don't even know what MediaCo is. MediaCo is a relatively new company, launched a couple years ago. We own Hot 97 and WBLS in New York, and um, also, yeah, we just had Summer Jam. Woo! <laughs> that was a thing. Um, was you know, hurricanes and COVID and homophobic comments and all kinds of other things. It was like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I'm still, I'm still here. Um, but uh, you know, we really look at it, at, you know, in particular Hot 97, so we think about that from a cultural perspective and what it, not really um, trying to drive it, but trying to make sure that it is open to whatever the culture is saying is important, right? So making sure our platform is representing the culture. Uh, with, with WBLS, which is obviously a different platform, for those of you who don't know it, it's, it's really R&B uh, for the most part. Um, it's trying to figure out, well, what is, what is their cultural inflection point? We talk about hip hop culture all the time. I've never heard anybody say R&B culture, but there's probably something there. And if I asked you to describe R&B culture, you, all of you would probably have some idea of what that is. So that's, that's what we're doing now. Um, you know, we're not fully developed. You know, I, I was brought on to help do a lot of those things. So that's, you know, we're kind of going into strategic planning in the next, actually next couple of weeks to start to figure that out. We're gonna relaunch our apps and stuff like that. But I think it's, it's super important that whatever we do, we're reflective of what the culture is saying is important and not what we're trying to you know, push out into the culture. Let me build on that real quick, this question. What advice would you give influencers and creators that are looking to create collaborative partnerships with black media platforms like well, yours? Well, can I, I wanna just jump in and say, like how many people are sick and tired of not having our own? Like we jump on social media every day. We're giving away our intellectual properties. 
they're making $5 billion a quarter and you're getting $10 because you have 500,000 followers. Come on, I'm gonna preach today. So you have to get mad, you have to get angry, you have to innovate. There is, like, I'm looking around this room, like, who's the next Facebook? Who's the next Google? Who is the next Microsoft? Who's the next Warner Studios? And I'm gonna tell you something, I love working for the Bridgman family because y'all probably, like they fly so on the far right, but they're a black billionaire family from Louisville. Junior Bridgman would die if he had to walk in the room and get on the stage because they fly under <laughs> the radar, right? But I love sitting at the table like, what are we gonna buy? What are we going to, like, who, partner, like, should we own them? Like, I love that narrative because we have to get in the ownership game. I don't want a paycheck. I don't want to be your employee. I want to build, create, grow, and we're sitting at the table talking about that. And what Morgan is doing, she's telling the story and shining a light. What Tatavio is doing is building a platform, but we're here to encourage you. You don't have to accept that. You don't have to be an employee. You don't have to get a paycheck. You are free to do whatever you want to. And if anything happens today that we encourage, be out there and be free. Create, get yours, okay? So partnership's great. Ownership better. Right, right. You know, it was, it was great being back in the green room again, just you know, listening. And I think part of the thing I realized is there are a ton of amazing things happening in the space, in the world of media, in the world of advertising right now. What are some of the trends, Michelle? I'm going to start with you because you, you, you're hot right now. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry. Y'all, we're going to keep it going. What are some of the trends that you see coming in 2021 and beyond? I mean, you guys yeah. were giving, you know, giving me a peek behind the tent. What can we share, not only just yeah. with your platforms, but in general? You know, last night, I'll say, Ian and I, we were sitting down with Jay Brown, who created Fenty Beauty, and we were just talking about a lot of things going on. And so we were talking about her and her brand and what she's building. Now the skincare, like, yo, that's dope, right? I mean, like, that's amazing. I was like, what's been, oh, that's her last name. Yo, come on, Michelle, catch up. Uh, but then I look at Travis Scott, like, my kids were literally like, yo, mommy, Travis is gonna be in Fortnite. I said, wait, what? I had to Google, like, that is amazing. And he's still selling products. He has people following 27 million downloads, looking products being moved. Then I go to Nas. I don't know if y'all saw 27, uh, 27 Summers, the video, and I was like, yo, he's hitting a golf ball off of his Hennessy, then he's drinking. There was a moment that was creative, and this, and things are flowing. There's so much amazing creativity, but I believe that we have to understand what's going on. We have to understand what's moving things and people, and we have to take the time, because we're so busy that we can't even be creative. But like those things and those, like ideate, like those are inspiring to me that you're moving in the culture in a way that is so memorable and shareable that I, I, th I find it super dope. Yeah. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot. The spot. 
Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Whether, what I hope we do is we take back um, some of our IP, which you, you hit on in your last yeah. comment. I mean, we give away so much IP for free, right? And you, you saw that a lot of the uh, black creators were um, boycotting TikTok because they weren't getting credit. They, people, they weren't um, having folks you know, drive to the dances they created, but we're giving it away. So what I would love to see is us take a lot of that stuff back, put it on platforms that we own, Make sure that before you do it, you're setting up like, well, what's the rev share situation? That's the kind of thing that influencers can do because if you don't know ahead of time, well, how do I get compensated for my work? And if, if, what you, if you're an influencer and you're creating dances, you're doing all that, like that is your job. You should be compensated for it. They're making money hand over fist for it, even if it's pennies because they're all about tonnage, right? They just got people coming through all the time. They're, they're um, putting advertisers against it and they're making money. And so that's what I'm, I would like to see our influencers start to do. I would like to see them understand that not everything is necessarily a paycheck. Rev share can be a real thing. You can make real money from it, but you need to know up front. Um, you know, we're a publicly traded company, so understanding that cash isn't always king. Sometimes you wanna, you wanna take some risk. You get a stock when it's, when it's low priced and you help build it. What it's gonna do is it's gonna build your wealth exponentially because frankly, it's gonna grow a lot faster than putting it in the bank or most investments, right? And, and, it's, and in some ways it's a little less risky because you're the one helping to build it. So that, that's one of the trends I certainly would like to see. Yeah, from, from a Vovolt perspective, and it maybe even be able to tie a question that you asked a little bit earlier, which is what would you say to creators? I would say to creators, call Michelle, call, call Rashawn, call Daytavio, because we are all building platforms to amplify their voices. Call me too. <laughs> call, call them in, call them in. <laughs> Revolt changed our entire content development strategy based on the fact that we believe that the the future of media is influencer. You can look at Viacom's properties, you can look at uh, ABC, BET, all of them, and then you can go look at what Cardi B is doing any day, what Will Smith is doing any day, what Travis, and they blow all of their numbers away, yeah. right? The top media platforms in the world right now all belong to celebs and influencers, right? And so that, again, back to this idea of why we're building a platform for them. So that's a trend that I see continuing into the, to, to the long, long future. The other piece which we've said, but I'll just hit it real quick and then get out, this idea that black culture drives global culture, this idea that we can create products for the 14% or 15% of black people that exist, but given our impact, we can create things that move the world. And I think all too often we're so super focused on the 13 or the 14, and not often realize that the opportunity for global domination, global impact exists, and so we should just continue to play in that space as well. So, Question. I mean, we, we've talked about just, I think, the, the change that's happened and the accelerated change over the past you know, 18 months, almost two years since, since the murder of George Floyd. And I think we've all seen things that we guessed probably if you told us prior were going to happen that, you know, we just said, stop it, get out of here. That's not, there's no way that's not possible. What do you guys see now as we move forward? What are, what are your predictions for the next three years, the next five years? Like, what's coming down the pipeline? 
Tavio. I think I think this moment that black media is having a really, really amazing moment. You can't say that all advertisers have showed up, but you can say that there's a handful or a group or a collective of advertisers that are really trying to show up in a really, really, really big way. I think we have, you know, three years. Uh, really, I say like 18 months to really get it done, but 18 months to three years to kind of ride this wave. And so the game that we're all playing is how big can you get, how dope can you get as quickly as possible? Because when all the money disappears and when all the Black Lives Matter money disappears, you gotta be ready to compete. And so I believe what's happening is we'll, 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 we'll continue to see years of investment into black-owned media. Those of us you know, who are playing the game correctly will recognize that there's a dual responsibility that the advertisers have to deposit into us and that we have to build, build, build. And I believe that when you wake up in the end of three years, even when the money disappears, if when Michelle's dreams have come to life, the impact she will have made, Rashawn's dreams have come to life. Right like, <laughs> you think, like I keep saying, like these black creatives and black media companies are being funded. The world is about to change. Yeah. Us taking control of our story and our narrative. When we wake up in three, four, five years, the world will feel different. This is not one of those like, teeny, teeny incremental changes, this moment is one of those moments that, that is going to create lasting change forever. So anyways, I think black media is hot, it's gonna stay hot for almost three years, and then we just gotta make sure that when it's done, we're ready to, we're, we're ready to dominate. Yeah, and I love that, and I'll just jump on the back of that, and I see us owning other pieces of the business, right? So like if, if Ebony wanted to have a studio, just for saying, we wanna really dig into the content business because we have all this stuff, what, what cloud is that going on? How is that getting to the movie studios? I want to be that black cloud. I want to own that piece. Right. Oh, NFTs, like, I want to own the blockchain. I want to be the, the underground railroad for all y'all who create. Like, I don't want to limit my vision to just what we can see, yeah. right? Because when we do and dream like that, the next generation, they too can dream. Right, like Eden and I talk about, we're not building this empire so our kids don't have to do anything. We're building this empire so they can do something great. So they can be amazing, so they can flow. They're not checked at the door. And so I wanna know, I wanna investigate. What I love about um, this opportunity, this tragedy, because I always say my glass is half full and God makes no mistakes, it gave us an opportunity to sit down and breathe and think right, to make calls, to build relationships, to work from home, right, which is like, it sounds crazy, but now I can actually, I saw my, I was like, yo, you got tall, like, I ain't seen you in a minute. Right, like, so there's always an, a blessing in the tragedy, and it's still going on, so what are we gonna do in our downtime? What are we gonna do to think and grow? How are we gonna build beyond just the black media and own the infrastructure? Like, that to me is dope. I want people to talk about that, right? So I, so I would say that um, despite all of us up here, what we've seen so far is that we can barely handle all the money because there are a lot of companies that are doing it, right? And for if you look at the commitments that many of them made, if they're true, a lot of them are 10-year commitments. So it's, a, it's a $10 million over 10 years, it's $100 million over 10 years. Um, and so the real truth is there's opportunity for all of you to create your own companies. You know, one of the things, unfortunately, I feel like is we see so few um, archetypes of who we are. We see so few ideas really get funded and really get um, to, to get, gain any scale. Um, and you know, obviously, some of them are very obvious: music, hip hop, you know, sometimes fashion. 
Um, but we don't necessarily always see things like Afrotech, right? Black people in technology, et cetera. I think there's real opportunity for lots of people out here, I imagine a number of you are entrepreneurs, to start it. There's actually money there that wasn't there before to help you scale faster than a lot of the companies that we're with were able to scale because the capital wasn't there. Because that, that revenue is there, that can actually help you go out and get capital because you know that you can get promises from advertisers that revenue is gonna be coming in, which is gonna help you scale because you can actually grow your platform, you can actually hire creatives or do rev shares with, with influencers and creatives who are gonna help drive more um, you know, uh, audience to your platform. So what I hope is that you realize that this is an inflection point in many ways for so many more companies to be created, for so many more companies that may be around now but haven't been able to scale to actually scale and use, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's a moment, I hope it's longer than 18 months or two years, maybe <laughs> 10 years, whatever, whatever we have left. But whatever it is, I think that I would love to see a lot more companies, a lot more yeah. entrepreneurs be able to create things and, and be able to scale businesses and, and reflect broader um, areas of, of you know, our culture because there is so much more out there. Think about you know, travel. I know um, Blavity has you know, travel noir, but cooking and all sorts of other things that you just, you barely see that stuff, at least not at scale. So I'd love to see a lot more of it. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can I, yeah, can I, can I, oh, no, no, I just want to say this, because you, you bring up such a good point, Robert Sean, is that 90% of black-owned businesses could get no funding because they only had one employee. So y'all go get two or three more, okay? And then you, then you have access to what's going on. We didn't even know that until we got the no. So we couldn't even partake in all of the money flowing because there were rules set in place for us not to partake. Yeah, and then the last piece that I'll say, just to piggyback on all of this, is this idea that what's really changed over the last year for me is that black is now green. When you look at black media companies, we're growing like tech companies. If you look at black advertising agencies, we're growing like tech companies. The only idea you need is the biggest black X, the biggest black-owned media company, the biggest black-owned food channel, the biggest like black for the first time is money. It, it, it's driving significant ROI. So again, encouraging everybody out here to start. Yeah. Goldman Sachs said $10 billion to, to black that, women. D, to that point though, and I think <laughs> while billion. we've seen more investment, we also know if you think about the commitments and the promises that were made back in June, July 2020, what's been invested to this point is minuscule compared to what was promised. Yeah. And so the question is, what's being done, or more importantly, what should be done to create accountability around holding true to those promises from the brands and organizations that have made them? I'll start with Michelle. Well, you already know what we're about to do. We about to, you know, it was a great uh, suggestion by Eden. She's like, who's, who's like putting a ticker up about what everyone's promised, but what they 
delivered. It really is up to us because we have the pen, we have the platform to tell that story. So we have to make it a priority, right? And maybe nobody wants to sponsor that. Everything we do can't be about sponsorship dollars. Did I just say that? Ooh, it hurt. Ooh. But, but, y'all know my background, right? I'm a super salesperson, right? Right. Um, but, but I think that it's up to us too. And then how do we do that together? How do we form a coalition and somebody just focusing on that in the marketplace? Because if we're busy growing our businesses, there really is no body that's lobbying for us. So it's one of the things that I'm passionate about. It's one of the things that I want to get off the ground. And I want to do it with my brothers right here and some of my sisters, Morgan, that we make sure that we're holding the marketplace accountable with a dedicated conversation space and people. Yeah, I, I mean, she hit it. The biggest thing I think we can do is create some sort of scorecard for, for national accountability. Don't you, I gave you my idea. If he does, y'all know. No, 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 I'm only doing it, I'm only doing it with her. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what you need. And then the second thing, and we talked about this, is every time we have this stage doing our job to call out those people who are doing it right and call out those people who are doing it wrong. So I think that's number two. And then the third one is we have to get better at rallying our community to weaponize their dollars, right? We have to get better at making sure they understand that these people are not reinvesting in your community, therefore they do not deserve your pennies, your dollars, your coins, your Harriet Tubman bucks, whatever it is. I think we have to do a better job at, get, at getting people to I see that. I vow that I'm never gonna have the music start playing on me when I'm on stage in my career, so <laughs> we're gonna get ready to start wrapping it up, but before we go, <laughs> yeah, we I'm looking at the clock. Yeah. <laughs> before we go, 15, 20 second hot Sean, what do you want to leave the people? Uh, I think the biggest thing I can leave with everyone is that this, the time is now. It's ripe for you know, others to come and build something themselves. Everything does, I, I disagree with Italian, but it doesn't always have to be the biggest, but it has to be something that is unique. It, you, it has a perspective that's yours. When you say black, it doesn't have, just have to be African-Americans, African, Caribbean, so many, you know, we have so many different things we have to offer from a cultural perspective to the world, and I would love to see us all do it. There's actually, there are actually resources out there now to do it. I would also lastly say that people need to also be thinking about invest, um, making sure that they put money in black banks. It doesn't have to be all your money, but they're the ones who are gonna be able to, to provide business loans and lines of credit and other things that help companies be successful. And that, that's one of the, also the things we can do to ask some of these um, client partners to be accountable is what are you doing with black banks to help make sure that the money is really flowing into the community? So I'll leave with that. Yeah, on my side, um, controlling the narrative. That's the big idea for Revolt. We believe that there's a lot of conversation right now about representation in media. Representation is not the issue, it's a symptom of the bigger issue, which is control. It's the fact that black people have never had control of our narrative. They've been telling our story for us in a really big way since the 1400s. That story that said we were subpar, we were less than, we were uncivilized, we didn't deserve. Every day we wake up trying to take control back of our narrative. And so for the people who are in this room who are storytellers, creators, not just call us so that we can do it together, but just for me, we are literally one of the highest leverage points in the fight for social justice. The fight for social justice is simply a war on imagery. Those people who are the storytellers, those people who are the makers of it, we get to move the needle through story. And so, um, you know, we gotta control our narrative. Michelle, bring us home. All right, all right. Um, so I would say this, I want everybody to take out your phone. Everybody has a phone, take it out. I want you to mark Monday on your calendar to say I'm gonna follow up from today because what happens is we come here and you listen and amen, standing ovation, and then we get back to the grind. I want everybody to mark their calendar that they're gonna put Afrotech 
on their calendar at 9 a.m. and I want you to take some type of action from today some type of honesty with yourself. I want you to look in the mirror and say, I'm not gonna just leave that in LA in that room. I'm gonna push the boundaries. I'm gonna go back to my companies. I'm gonna look at my board. I'm gonna see who I'm doing business with. I'm gonna look at my, whatever that one action is that every single person in this room takes one action, we're going to be better tomorrow. So if y'all could do that, then we didn't waste our time up here. Amen? Amen. Amen. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBon and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Marissa Lewis. A special thank you to Micah Davis, Jermaine Hall, and Sakara Simvanyan. You know, like the wine? Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoy your Black Tech Green Money? Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Go get your money. Peace and love. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. 
Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.